0: Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and this week we celebrate Brett's brand new gaming PC. Brett's now had a chance to complete Doom Eternal and started the new sandbox MMO, Dual Universe. We wrap up with some discussion of the recent No Man's Sky update and the Microsoft Bethesda acquisition. So what's up, Brett? What's got you picking up your sticks this week?
1: I have a new computer.
0: Yay.
1: Yay. It is is amazing. (laughs)
0: Yeah. No, this is great, man. I was so excited when you decided to pull the trigger on that. Um, Obviously, it kind of first, the need for a new PC really cropped its head up when Doom came out. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about before, but that was kind of like the only real example of something where you weren't able to do what you wanted. And then that started to crop up a bit more often. And uh Yeah, and totally up to you how much you want to go into it. But you know what? What? What are the? What are the specs? What do you? What do you got going on? Right, right. right.
1: Um. So I did my own custom build. I went mostly Fractal Design for actually almost entirely Fractal Design for case and fans. I got some light up fans. Um. I did water cooling because I've never done that before, and I thought you still had to like pour like water or coolant into things and they're all they have all-in-one units now it literally just it was actually i think almost easier to install than the giant like eight inch cube (laughs) radiator that came with the the cpu i got a a ryzen 7 something something hundred not like the max but like up in the threes i don't know more cpu than i needed nice uh like 16 gigs of ram uh a two terabyte solid state drive that is smaller than my ram it's like half the size of my ram so i don't even understand that like why not just use it's still solid state why not just do solid state ram i don't know why we don't have two terabyte six of ram out there too like right not, yeah yeah i'm not that burst i am not All gonna right. get question that i'm sure it's access speeds or something somebody can correct me out there but um and then i wanted to get so i had sent my specs to you when i was ready to pull the trigger because i had the specs built out like six months ago when I was looking at buying a PC the first time and uh, before vet bills and things got in the way. And so I sent them to you and you had, I guess it was like that day or maybe the day before or something that NVIDIA had uh, announced the release date for the 30, there's the 3000 series cards, the 3080 uh, and stuff, Uh, which was literally more than twice the video card, Then I, because I was looking at like the 2080 Ti originally, like I was gonna get
0: like a stupid, which is like a thirteen hundred, yeah,
1: yeah, like thirteen fourteen dollar video card, um, and you were like, you may want to hold on this for like ten days. (laughs) So I was like, all right, Uh, I knew that they would, because they weren't doing pre-orders. I was like, there's not gonna be one online, people. Even even if there's no bots, the number of people refreshing it are gonna be fast. I'm not gonna wake up in time. Not happening. Mm -hmm. So I was like, but I could take a couple days off and just drive up to our local Best Buy. So I called them. They said, yeah, we should have a few in stock. They said, we probably aren't getting any of the Founders editions, but we should have a few of the standards. I was like, cool, going to do that. Drove up, got in line like an hour and a half before they opened. Uh, I was the third person in line, but guy number two was there for a PlayStation 5 pre-order. The line then extended to like 40 or 50 people, most there for the card. Uh, And like five minutes before opening, the guy comes out and is like, yeah, we don't have any in stock for anybody looking for this card, none are in stock. Probably like four people walked away at that point, I would say. So I stayed in line because I had told myself no matter what, I'm coming out of here with some kind of video card Mm -hmm. because I had spent the weekend building the PC, I need to make sure that the parts all work. Because if I have to return something or exchange it or whatever, I just want to make sure it works. So I need some kind of video card because the, the CPU doesn't support onboard video. So yeah, I would say that probably about four of the 50 people walked out of line. The rest of them, the doors opened. And I at this point, I'm not really rushing because I don't care. There were still probably 10 people that like sped walked to the video card area and we're all like peering in the case and i'm like so are you i i kind of saunter up and I'm like are you any of you actually buying a card it? they're like no i'm like okay i am so can you get out of the way please because i'm i need to finish my pc i'm off the rest of the week i need this card <laughs> like now right. so i picked up a card the the thing is like so for one, I since I knew I was saving money on the Founders Edition or an older video card, uh, I ended up with a sixteen sixty Super, I think. I don't know, nothing amazing, but not not bad.
0: Um, yeah, no, I think that's a I I think that's a solid a solid pick. Um, th- the thing is, is that even though you didn't get the Founders Edition or, or whatever, even though you didn't get the three thousand series card, it's still better that you didn't spend fourteen hundred dollars on a two thousand series. Oh, card. Oh
1: yeah, no, no, because that's I mean, it's already obsolete the not it's it's obsolete by price and by like
0: it the price is the biggest thing i mean because it's i mean a 20 series card would be better than the 16 but not for the price jump and if you plan to upgrade to the 3000 series at some point when they become more in stock then it's it's totally pointless so yeah that's that's great and the 16 series is like yeah it's a pretty good card it's 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 pretty comparable to the 1080 yeah um except i think a little bit less video ram but yeah it's it's gonna be solid as a holdover, you know what I mean? Right. For-
1: well, and-, and and the exchange, I used all the rest of that money to like get an actual gaming keyboard. I've been on a Microsoft piece of junk forever, so I have a nice mechanical keyboard now with lights. I have a nice gaming mouse with the I did the Logitech uh, Hero Lightspeed with the charging pad, so it doesn't have a battery. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I got, and I got a 27-inch 4K monitor. Right. Uh, So, like, all of these things vast up. I mean, and as you had learned, I had done most of my gaming with my laptop monitor, regardless of the fact that I ran three monitors, because it was just the one in the middle. So, then that was, like, I think a 17, maybe a 19-inch. So, this is a pretty huge step up just in monitor space and i got a 400 watt sound system which is probably the thing that i am the happiest about because i without getting the card i was like if i can't have the video i need the sound right and i haven't had i've been running laptop speakers or headset for everything so now i've got an actual subwoofer very happy i've been jamming.
0: so yeah man (laughs) that's awesome um yeah well I, i was super excited and i'm i'm excited to uh to see what games you'll get into now uh, you know, not not immediately for sure. Right. Obviously, there's time, but I don't expect that you become me and start playing 20 games a week all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, I'm just interested to see what what it will bring. And maybe, I mean, the truth is is that your taste is still your taste because right. it's not like you were before. Again, that was really kind of the impetus for this, was that you finally did land on a couple of games that you really wanted to play and couldn't, Mm -hmm. but it's not like before that you were finding things and being like, "Eh, I don't know if it would be visually rewarding enough or or something. You know what I mean? Right, no, I'm still
1: probably going to play plenty of indie games. Um, It'd be interesting to go back to some games that had fluctuating requirements, like Kerbal, because I can just probably land 10 times the amount of parts in Kerbal now.
0: Right. Um, but yeah. we'll
1: see. I'm still kind of holding out for Kerbal 2 on that one. I don't know, but my my sandbox needs are being met elsewise right now. So
0: I know, we've said this on more than one episode, but in the very near future, we just have to do a Kerbal episode. We do.
1: We really because do. I don't know when 2 is coming out, and it's yeah, it's probably going to be late
0: 2021. At and while point. I don't have that much experience with Kerbal personally, I watched Chris Hamaker who came on our show a few months ago. Um, I've watched him play quite a bit of it and then watched you and talk to you about it extensively. And it's just, I mean, man, talk about a, a really cool gaming experience. Like mm-hmm. it's just a wholly unique thing. Um, I mean,
1: my old computer could run quite a bit. Sure. Like it, it wasn't a slouch, but it is. I think the biggest differences now really is like the monitor size and high definition, like a 4k monitor running at like almost 4,000 resolution. Like, even just like YouTube videos and things like that, I think more of the experience and having music that's not running off my laptop speakers. And they, it had a decent like sound system, but they're just not huge speakers. And right. so now, like playing music and watching YouTube is totally different. Like that, the sound makes a huge difference. Having the bass there, just there's. Uh, my wife came home that day and I was like, pick any song. And so she like talked about it. picked a song and she was like, there's parts of that song I've never heard before. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so what's the, what was the first thing that you dove into on it and it better not be Terraria. So, <laughs> as good as terraria is you know
1: you know uh pong okay you know i cool. had, to, had to do some 4k but now <laughs> okay. i of course had to I, I couldn't not get doom first
0: ah yeah
1: i mean doom there eternal. was yeah doom eternal so there's been a couple other games that i've wanted but even though as and and to be clear i wasn't really in an fps space like right. i was as i mentioned earlier and we'll get into later uh, I was craving a sandbox game and so I wanted to pick that up first but I was like I really have to just I can't not get Doom Eternal right I've wanted it it I wanted it, it's going to probably be the best showcase of what this PC can do um if I want to push it to its limits and just see how good things uh, you know sound and video and giant monitor and everything else I should probably just do that so I did. And wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nice.
1: Especially, especially like I blacked out my window because it was like two o'clock in the afternoon that I'm, I'm getting it downloaded and running up. I blocked out my windows, shut the door, turned the base all the way to max, opened up that game. And the combination of the amazing graphics and the amount of base like. It was good because my nervous anxiety flop sweats of trying to keep up playing Doom Eternal were actually air conditioned by this jet of cool air coming from under my desk from the subwoofer. (laughs)
0: That's
1: funny. (laughs) But it was it was an overwhelming experience like it actually took me I could only play for probably like 45 minutes at a time just because of how much. Like how overstimulating it was. Like it's already an intense and fast-paced game, and I am now on a giant monitor with a giant sound system, and it was just like, okay, okay, roller coaster ride. Like forty-five minutes on the same roller coaster. Got to get off for a minute and <laughs> breathe.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like you know, Doom twenty sixteen um, certainly is a is a fast and frantic experience but I didn't realize how much they could kind of step it up with, like, I didn't anticipate that, that it would be feel even that much more fast and frantic with doom eternal, yes. but it does.
1: Yeah. I think that like doom 2016 is to call of duty. What doom eternal is to doom 2016. Like it's, it's or the other way around, but that's that amount of step up in the complexity of movements that you can make. Yeah, and, and the rapidness of decisions that you are making on the fly is ridiculous. the The APM kind of required to play Doom Eternal at anything other than the easiest difficulty, and even at the easiest difficulty is pretty ridiculous, at least during combat. And then again, just like in 2016, after your combat, you have a slow section. Enemies don't respond. You can explore and, and do some other stuff. So it, it segments that stuff out pretty well, but man, that the amount of movement tech that is into maternal is it's ridiculous.
0: Well, I mean, basically it's, it's the fact that they added the dash and then yep. they let you do that in the air. Well, and, and the,
1: the, the swinging from the bars, because
0: right. Most
1: of your combat zones have bars in them yep. so that you can like swing over charging demons or stuff like that. like, the dash is huge. Yep. The I didn't use the super shotgun hookshot too terribly much. Um but I also kind of switched things to easy after I, after about halfway three quarters of the way through the game, I switched to easy for a little bit, switched back and then switched to easy for the rest of the game cuz I just I mostly was there for the story. I was not there to prove my movement tech, so
0: right yeah
1: but even yeah. still on easy i still died in a couple of areas and it still required a lot of i almost died on the final boss so i did beat it i almost died on the, like the last part of the final boss and i was going to be really pissed because i didn't know if i doubted that there would be a checkpoint at the halfway point i was like it's probably just all the start over again
0: um i definitely died on the final boss multiple times so little bit of a spoiler alert here just going forward, they're just yeah, we're gonna, two, yeah, we're gonna spoilers.
1: spoil this. If you want a spoiler free discussion, our old Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, there's two episodes,
0: yep. go listen to those. But, but so the last boss, like it has all those different, like flesh chunks mm-hmm. that you have to blow off of it. I definitely died more than once with one flesh chunk left oh. on
1: it.
0: it actually doesn't start you i mean it depends on what you mean by the beginning so you
1: don't have to go back to the armor stage but it does start you at the flesh stage
0: it starts yeah cor- correct okay. it starts you fighting that giant thing and you've got to blow all the chunks okay off. so um yeah it's a it's a it's a punishing game so yeah i think that i mean the game is is hard and it reminds me a lot of of ninja gaiden for xbox or, or ninja gaiden 2 for the 360 where it's it's demanding and and if you don't i mean you to your point like even on easy <laughs> it's still demanding right like you can't yeah. just kind of button mash through it if you will
1: no. um, <laughs> and you but, also can't like hide and snipe everything
0: like. no not even kind of yeah if you stand still you're done yeah. yeah um but i think that it does what ninja and obviously it and ninja Gaiden are very different games but i think what it what both of those games do that that i love is that while they're demanding if you can can play to a point that you're successful regardless of the difficulty level you you get this feeling like you are actually embodying that character like oh yeah like when i played ninja gaiden like i felt like i was a badass ninja after a point you know what mm-hmm. i mean and and in doom like you are this like amazing doom slayer
1: <laughs> again yes. regardless
0: of difficulty because you're having to move around and negotiate and all you will have a stuff. hatred
1: of those demons <laughs>
0: right, right like
1: like i would get through a big combat and i would just be Ugh! just Ugh! i'm so i'm glad i got through it but like god <laughs> screw those guys like mm-hmm. oh i'm gonna kill all of them <laughs> like
0: right yeah no 100 percent agree um so I will I will ask, uh did you did you find the Marauder to be your most hated enemy as well, like I did? No. Okay.
1: Almost. Second, I'll put him in second. Okay. <laughs> My most hated was the like arch demon that summons the other demons.
0: Yep. yep.
1: Um because you just have to focus him and right. he teleports. Yep and can oftentimes, like, the first time you encounter him in that big Colosseum kind of room, he spawned in the same place the first four times that I that I tried to fight him. I probably fought that place a dozen times or more, and he started spawning in different places every time. And different other demons would spawn first as well, so I, I like, I had started a rhythm that I was trying to try different weapon combos, and, like, what is the thing that stuns him the fastest and gets rid of him, and yeah it, it i probably spent like an hour plus there just replaying the same that same part and then any other time that i would see red demons like it's one thing because because sometimes the, the so the buff totem would do the same thing that would buff yeah. the demons and spawn them constantly so when you see like the red halo glowing demon you're like i have to find and kill either a buff totem or this super demon arch or whatever and nothing else matters because they will continue spawning. So yeah, it's like, don't waste your ammo. Don't waste your super shots. Don't waste your BFG. Like, just go for those things. And the buff totem, like at least at least if you find it and then you die, you know where it is. But for the arch devil, like if you have extra lives or anything and you die, he's somewhere else now. And he also deals a large amount of damage to you he's just, you can't engage him too close or too far away. And if you don't kill him quick enough, all of those superpowered demons are running up behind you. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't teleport and stays in one spot, you have to like make a run past him and then somehow circle around back to him. And that can be real hard to pull off. Like I just, there is nothing that could outright destroy him quickly that I found.
0: Yeah. I, so you're right that the, that, he is he being the, the archdemon or whatever is potentially more devastating than the Marauder because it has such an effect on all of the enemies and creates new enemies and, and yeah. all of that. So you're right. Um, so, and you're also, I, I drew the exact same conclusion, which the game kind of, I think forces a person into, which is that as soon as you see glowing red, find the source of that and kill it mm-hmm. period. And, and that's the only thing that matters. I
1: guess, I guess once you have the sword, you can kill him in one shot with the sword.
0: Right, but that's, right
1: that's it and and that's rare that doesn't reju- rejuvenate or anything that's rare ammo
0: right right the the reason that i don't hate that as much as the marauder is because and i don't know exactly where it was in the game or what the you know the map is called or something so i can't be that specific it's been too long now but there was some room i entered where i would fight through whatever waves of enemies eventually the the summoner guy would spawn and then within a within a you know, a minute of that, a Marauder spawns yes. in this sequence. Yes. And it was like, I have to kill the Archdemon before the Marauder spawns because I can't deal with both of them at mm. once. But the Archdemon I could kill if I could find him. Like, as long right. as I can aim at him, I can kill him because he doesn't become invulnerable. Right. And you're right. It, it Sometimes it takes two or three him teleporting to, to finally get him down but at least it was doable whereas with marauder it's like you can run and shoot infinitely and if you don't wait for that little window where he flashes green eyes it's just impossible to damage him um and yeah that drove me
1: (laughs) i mean he is like he is frustrating enough without his dog the dog is what made me the most mad
0: the dog again like it is it is frustrating but again if you just as soon as you see it turn and kill it like it dies in one shot right so
1: kind of depending on what you're using because I actually found that the so y- y- you don't want to use the super shotgun against the dog because you it uses two ammo a pump and you need that for like the marauder mm-hmm. I did find that the marauder it actually was pretty vulnerable to like the plasma gun ammo as well mm-hmm. and the Arbalest the Arbalest is a precise shot though you gotta nail that right. shot um then the dog is super vulnerable to the plasma so it would go down so it, it juggling weapons is not something that I was as comfortable with yep i I have my like shotgun grenade launcher, probably my top used weapon followed by like
0: oh yeah, hundred percent
1: like plasma rifle then. Probably the assault rifle. Like I didn't. I always forget to use the rocket launcher because it's actually not as powerful as it looks like it should be. Like it's a rocket launcher, but it's it's not shooting anti aircraft missiles. It's shooting.
0: I thought it was better in Eternal (laughs) than it was in 2016, though. Probably, I thought it was more powerful in in Doom Eternal, but yeah, it's not. It's not the. I did use the
1: lock on quite a bit because three rockets would do quite
0: a bit of damage. So that's how I basically use the rocket launcher. Is like. If I'm if I'm not li- accurate in that moment for whatever reason with the other guns, I just start running and locking and shooting and like whatever it kills, like just yeah. please kill something. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah. Um.
1: I did. I always wish that I was going to be good at the remote detonate version because that would take out pinkies yeah, really right. easily. And there's even like one of the upgrades is it'll like ding when it's in a spot that'll damage an enemy as it uh-huh. flies past. Is one of the like upgrades you can get for it. But uh, swapping, but weapon modes is not something that I did very often at all.
0: I can't remember what gun it is, but one of the guns, I think maybe it's the super shotgun, but I might be wrong. But one of the guns ends pinkies super fast. Those are the little melee guys that charge, right? Yeah, the charge guys. Yeah. Yeah, one of the weapons. So that's also the other thing that I kind of found in playing through the game is that it seems like all of the enemy types... I mean, maybe not every single one, but the vast majority of them have a weapon that they're weak to. So, like, yeah. uh, what are the what are the things like the Cyclops meatballs with the eye?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. those are the. Um, oh no, now that you asked me,
0: right? Whatever those things.
1: The normal ones, yeah, the the We're, ones from the original Doom game as well. Not have...
0: the one that shoot the skulls out of. Its yeah, mouth. yeah, yeah. Just the like those, the if hands. you can land a grenade in its mouth, it flashes orange and you can nail yeah, it
1: instantly stunned. It also will die to one hit from like the Arbalest. They are because the Arbalest says in the weapon that it deals damage to flying types.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So, so it's like, uh, that's the other thing that I found by the end was trying to, to make sure and like, okay, what enemy type is it mm -hmm. and what do I need to switch to to best deal with that? Right. Um, and yeah, once you get the sword and the BFG, that's like it, it. I, I had to get rid of the mind of the scarcity mindset with those guns. And it's like, if there's a giant thing and I need to kill it, then I'm just going to switch to the BFG or the sword. And maybe I won't get more ammo by the next time I need right. it, but whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to thank you. Yeah.
1: And and the reason that I had to look it up and I remember, because I actually have a story with that one with the BFG, which made me so mad as I like found a room the big battle room close getting close to the end of the game like oh i've got this pull the bfg out kind of aim up a little bit trying to get the trajectory so it'll fly as long as possible click the button charges up fires right as it fires a Demon flies right in front of me it whacks him it kills like two units on screen and i've wasted my bfg ammo and I'm like, oh, I'm not happy. <laughs> like, I right. almost told F4 to restart that room because <laughs> I was like, no, there's like 50 dudes here. <laughs>
0: right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the BFG's AOE capacity is crazy. Um, but yeah, I, so do you think you'll pick up the DLCs, the single player DLCs as they come out?
1: Probably. I mean, I like the story. Um, I really like what they did with the story. I got most of the codexes and I actually read them all uh this time instead of just kind of skipping through them uh and i, I yeah i think I, i'll probably pick up the dlcs it, it's i don't know that i'll pick it up in op the next one comes out in like october i don't know that i'm getting it that soon like um there's a bunch of other things i want to play first and i'm definitely kind of first person shooter out a little bit um but I, I will eventually pick them up for sure. I am I am excited to. to I'm not looking forward to one of the teaser trailer things that it like just dropped shows like two marauders, and I'm like, no, no,
0: not well, happy. <laughs> so that's the thing is that honestly, in Doom, is there anything that you fight? So in Do- in Doom Eternal, like you you have boss fights. Except those bosses then just become enemies that you encounter on a regular mm-hmm. basis after that. Is there an example other than the last boss, which is the end of the game, where that's not true? I, I don't yes, think that,
1: the okay. The gladiator, the minotaur with the twin maces. Oh, right. He like, starts with the shield. Oh,
0: right. Okay. Yep. You're he's right. He's basically just a marauder though.
1: Like, because he flashes yeah. green in the same way and does kind yeah. of similar attack styles.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, it, it's i mean it's two hours so I haven't even sat through an entire rut speed run of, of it but I would highly recommend just just go and look on YouTube for a hundred mm-hmm. percent uh ultra it's nightmare glitchless. speed run yeah. and and again I, I wouldn't I mean I didn't watch the whole two hours but just click anywhere in the middle of it so that you're <laughs> right. in the of the game it's insane how good some people are oh, sure yeah they- the
1: there's so much more switching, and not just in the movement tech, but in the weapon tech, because I think that was the thing that I fumbled the most. So early in the game, even outside of Doom, almost all first person shooters that have more than two weapons, two is shotgun. It's always the second gun you get. You get a pistol slash tiny gun, then you get a shotgun, then you get whatever. And in Doom Eternal, they threw away the pistol, and shotgun is now your default weapon, which is now one. And it threw off my entire weapon wheel. Because I would hit two expecting shotgun, and I would get assault rifle. I would Mm. hit, you know, like, everything was off. It it really kind of messed with me for a while. But on top of that, just, like, you have... And I wasn't good at using grenades in the first one. But in Doom Eternal, they're really good. Um, And now you have, like, the two grenades. I think there was maybe three in the original, but one of them was really pointless. And uh, original being 2016. And but, yeah, like all of those buttons are all kind of right next to each other between your super punch, your flamethrower, your grenade, your grenade swap button, your sword and your chainsaw. And they're just all clustered right there. And so often I would try to select like, I don't know, in the heat of the moment, taking that second to think what button do I need to press is dead especially Mm -hmm. because it's usually when you're like low health that you need to do something right so like oh i'm out of ammo i need the chainsaw and then you like pull the sword out and like sure i killed that thing but i'm still out of health and now now and you just have to use it because you're there like so the frantic swapping of things but i i would say that yes if you are it's not too much i mean we're not talking like flight sim amount of buttons it's it i think it's really just the intensity of gameplay that throws off that you can't calculate what your move is as well
0: it's so i mean it's not it's not the volume of buttons per se but it's the all of the buttons i mean obviously you could change your hotkeys however you want mm-hmm. but by default they're all in like a i mean it's it's like the, the first two rows of buttons yeah it's all like index finger 10 presses. buttons right it's just really easy to get to hit the wrong button uh, and yeah, the, it it is very frantic and demanding, and so it's it's the speed at which I mean, it's almost like it's it's not like StarCraft. StarCraft is still way harder, <laughs> right? But it's almost kind of that like franticness where you're just mm-hmm. constantly having to you go. You have
1: to hit the right button at the right time to do the the thing that you need to do, and it needs to be muscle memory. You can't think it's <laughs> right. time thinking about it is time that you're dying, right? So I could see a speed run being just. I, I would, yeah, I will definitely be watching a, a couple of those because. Yeah, I could see it being, if you are proficient in it, I'm sure it's amazing. Like swapping your weapons to kill specters, like to, to swapping your grenade launcher, your, your secondary like items, like swapping those to more useful things. And mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure it's just amazing to watch. I was terrible at it. <laughs>
0: but... yeah. It just takes practice. The, the only thing that I feel like 2016 and Doom Eternal missed on uh, is the multiplayer and, and it's different in the two games in 2016. It's more of a slayer or team deathmatch or deathmatch type environment. Um, but it has weird things in the 2016 version where there's like players can become a demon and then they're super powerful and it's just right. weird and balanced. And then this one is this weird asymmetrical thing where one person's the slayer and then two people are demons and I, it's fine. And, and I'm all for experimental modes and like, yeah, maybe maybe that mode sets the world on fire it didn't and i don't i, I just wish that there was just a more standard me- mode even if they were like you only get there's no freeze grenade it's just the regular grenade and, right and even if they like limited it so it's not the exact same slayer from the single player so it's more toned down but you know the whole the whole hashtag of our of our show or the whole premise of our show here is why gaming matters and there's a lot of reasons it matters, but for for a lot of people, the primary thing that gaming offers, and this is certainly true for me, is it offers a easy access social experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what multiplayer does. I mean, that's why battle royales continue to dominate, because they're mm-hmm. really easy social experiences to get in and out of. And I just, I feel like, I feel like Doom could be a lot more popular. It doesn't have to offer a battle royale. No. It's just something where friends, like... I would totally play a mode with you if we could. Yes. But it's yes. not fun to play the asymmetrical thing. No. Like, I would be, like, way.
1: I don't see how, I mean, because there's so many thoughts in my head right now. Like, Doom 2 set the standard for multiplayer deathmatch for ages. Like, it's what, it's what Unreal Tournament is based off of. It's what, you know, all of your, your deathmatch and team deathmatch modes are based off of that. I don't see why it would hurt Maternal at all to include a standard deathmatch and a team deathmatch or capture the flag style
0: mode. The, the 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 most reasonable explanation I heard, not from the developer, but just from another person speculating that I was talking to about at one time, was is that because they have Quake Champions, and that is also made by Bethesda, mm-hmm. and they don't want to compete with their own product. Well, it's just how much different would it really be? And right. so yeah, exactly, they don't want to compete with it because. But to me, it's like, yeah, but how popular is Quake Champions? Like,
1: I mean, I don't know. Not be, very. But
0: yeah. Because. Yeah,
1: I, 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 would, I would probably, I would compete with my own product because there's a much higher, especially, especially off of the heels of Doom
0: 2016.
1: Right. You know Doom Eternal is going to sell.
0: Yeah. You know. Right.
1: So it, what if that replaces Quake? Okay, cool throw your microtransactions there throw your doom skins there and at least then because there's already so much of the content in doom eternal that's almost not useful like avatars skins all the stuff you never see it because you're in first person mode at least online you know other people are going to see your space outfit or whatever right like i just i don't know i don't know i don't see what the downside really to it It, because even if it even if it surpasses quake great then you just take some funding away from quake like i don't know i mean i don't want to i i like quake but i don't i don't want to harp on those people and say they lose their game but from a from a corporate standpoint like it just doesn't make sense not to leverage your your biggest ip it's like not making Mario multiplayer. Like, nope, Mario is only single player. There's no no two players on a scheme. Even though there's fifty characters, we don't care. Smash Brothers is now a single player game.
0: Right. It's story yeah. mode only. Like I don't know. Yeah, no, I that's why, like I said, I think that I think that's the only place that they missed. Uh, and it doesn't diminish the experience of no, the single no, player no. either game. It's incredible and everyone should play it. It just I, I honestly it's because I just want Doom to be more popular than it is. Mm-hmm. But its selling point is the single player, which is great. But again, with gaming becoming such a social thing for for a lot of people now, it you know it's just not it's just not something people are going to spend their time doing. If it's go play with something with my friends or right play, play, play this, friends. like you know, it is
1: probably one of the most intense. Like I mean, it just it, not just yeah. in the like the movement tech or, or the franticness or anything, but the story is intense like it giving i did not think that you could give me an interesting story in doom and even like 2016 did a good job but was not like super groundbreaking it was basically still just the story of doom guy right and and while this one is though, this one blows up huge into we're gonna bring the lore of the game out to play right and you're gonna get all of it and it's gonna you're gonna get your mind blown multiple times even if you see it coming there's several things that I kind of saw coming but it was like like that was incredible and amazing and just the visuals like regular demons like losing pieces and losing different pieces depending on what you're shooting and how you're shooting them and that even affecting what takedowns you get mm-hmm. when you like stutter them all of it just mm-hmm. bothered me
0: yeah, no agree. The 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 music is so so good. And it 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 it's it's funny because for me like that's how I can tell when a fight starts and when a fight ends. Mm-hmm. The music. You More. know there's
1: a there's, you know there's one demon left if, if there's nothing on the map but the music hasn't stopped there's one left you got to go find. And, and it-, it
0: might be an imp and if you don't stay vigilant he might throw a fireball and kill you. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> have fun with that. Um or those gargoyles. Ugh. Right. They spit right. a lot of acid. <laughs> they, that they do. Did you? So did you also love the fast travel system?
1: I really didn't use it. Okay. Um, when I got to the end of the level, I was normally I was done playing. Mm-hmm. Like just, I always my game session. Um, for the first half of the game, and the levels are long. Like there yep. were a couple that I so an hour of gameplay wouldn't always get you all the way through one level. Right um so there were some that i quit in the middle uh, when i knew i had a checkpoint then the second half of the game i got sucked in and just wanted more and did not want to go back like so i just used my mastery points to uh, open up my weapon mastery things i used my points as as much as i could on what i needed and then just push through. So I didn't really replay to get extra tokens or anything. The second half of the game, I was clearing the maps almost completely to begin with. And the parts that I missed, more often than not, I saw them while I was passing through there, because I think I got all the auto maps. Uh, But I either didn't want to have to go back, uh, because I knew that that part was very difficult to do, or I didn't know how to do it, and couldn't see a way to do it and had already looked at it and didn't want to go back and spend another five minutes looking at it or pulling up a walkthrough. I just wanted the next level.
0: Right. Yeah. For me, the way I used it was, and, and I largely did it mo- more in the beginning of the game. By the time I was at the end, I was also just like, if I survived, then thank God. And we'll mm-hmm. just go. Forward. There were
1: several of those gore nest things that I didn't need. Or not the Gornest, but the, the gore nests I would pop, but not the, the key chamber, the purple key
0: right yeah the way i ended up using it was like if i um if i if if i could find a secret or whatever a collectible whatever it is relatively quickly in my initial run through of the level then i would you know grab it but if it was something where i was spending time looking for it i would just press on and until i got to the end and then use the fast travel to go back um obviously you can still also load all of the old missions from the citadel or fortress or whatever it is but then you have to actually kill everything again whereas if you utilize the fast travel it's all empty still which is nice
1: well and so i mean you can't you can kill everything again but you get cheats uh which is nice
0: true True. Uh,
1: but i definitely didn't realize what i was doing and wanted to do that at one point just to like maybe i'll pick up a couple things accidentally opened up mastery levels Mm, um, yep. which are like the harder version of that mission. And then there's not a back to Fortress of Doom button. And I didn't want to like mess up my checkpoints or something. And I was like, I I got to get out of this level. I can't, I can't, I'm not doing this. And uh, it didn't know how to exit. You just have to exit back to the main screen and right. it doesn't save that checkpoint. But I was worried. I was like, Oh no, if it saved the checkpoint, Am I just stuck in the master? Do I have to beat the mastery level? And it wasn't like it was the first mission. And I was already pretty well through, like, a good chunk of the way through the game to the point where you have to, like, if you leave your fortress, you're leaving for good. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I was like, it was the first level mastery mission. So I'm like, it's probably not that bad. I just don't want to play the first mission.
0: <laughs> right. Right. And
1: so... Yeah, I I freaked out for a bit and ended up I Googled it first (laughs) just just to make sure that I didn't accidentally trigger a checkpoint or something. So,
0: well, so we've come we've come a a long way, uh, but you you, it it took time, but you have now successfully played and and finished Doom Eternal. Yes. Um, So it was I guess I I presume that you give it the same cheers that I do. Oh,
1: yeah. Big hurrahs. I definitely give it hurrahs on the story. Yeah. Um, I mean, the gameplay is great. It is. Better than 2016. I don't think it did anything worse. Um I know you're pretty pretty happy about the loss of the pistol. I felt the, the pistol was my crutch in moments where I didn't want to because it's like the removal of the pistol is fine, but the fact that your punch gets upgraded to the blood punch, but then your normal punch does almost no damage. When I had cleared a room and there was only like a couple of zombie demons left. I did not, especially if I was already at full ammo. Like if I'm almost empty, sure, chainsaw them for the free ammo. But if I'm almost full, I don't want to spend a shot on them. Uh. And there's no other, like zero cost, like if like or wait for a grenade to recharge. If I if I didn't have any grenades, there's like one or two zombies left. I don't want them to wander up behind me in the next room or bother me while I'm looking for secrets. But I also don't want to waste anything on them because they're not worth it. (laughs) Mm. That was about the only reason why I wanted the pistol back. But outside of that, the maps are cleaner and better. Uh, The the secret progression, I feel, is better. The platforming is cooler. I like all of – I actually did not mind the wall climbing sections.
0: Um, Yeah, what did you think about the jump puzzle stuff?
1: Yeah, I thought it was – I thought it was better for the most part there were a couple that i'm pretty sure i did just wrong in some way but still like square peg round hold my way through um because you're doom guy and you get a hammer and you smash that square peg into that round hole um but so there were a few where i felt like this feels wrong but i'm still succeeding so i'm gonna keep going um but for the most part like i felt they were pretty well tuned It it really is more of a first-person platformer with action sequences than the last one even was. Like the last one was an action game with like first-person or platforming sequences. This one is is a good mix of the two, especially with the jump dash and some of the other you know items in there, the wall climbing and stuff.
0: Well, then you get to the point where like it starts giving you those orbs that you dash through in the air, and it Mm -hmm. resets it resets your jump. I mean, it. Th- there was some some times where I had to like sit and actually just like think about it for a minute to like understand what sequence of like it felt like playing a Ori in the Blind Forest or something. Or
1: you know? even kind of a <laughs> Zelda because there's yeah. things where you have to it's not like super dungeon time or temple time, but you have to like punch a, a thing that starts a 10 second timer and you have to run out of that room and that mm-hmm. timer is pulled down like a, a, a one of the bars that you can swing on. You swing on the bar, and if you don't get there in time, the bar raises out of your reach. Uh-huh. You swing on the bar, then you have to shoot a switch in midair to open a grate that only stays up. and then you have to dash through because it only stays open like a second. So some of the and some of those you could see beforehand and others you had to like go around a blind corner, right. So you like swing two or three times around a blind corner and then you're in midair or with the the coffins that drop out. When you hold on to them for more than a second, you just have to go right and hope that there's something there that you can jump or dash to.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I, I actually really enjoyed that, though. I thought it was like maybe not necessarily fitting to the setting, um, but you know, I, I felt like it was really good, and I actually really enjoyed the platforming elements. They also were very rarely were they platforming elements that I did not grasp. Right. I usually understood it before I found, like, the part that I wouldn't grasp would be like, where's the switch? I know there's gotta be one. Mm. Where in the level is the green highlighted like, light zone? Like, right. shining green light somewhere that I'm not seeing. Um, that was more often than it was I don't know how it works.
0: Right, right. But
1: yeah, I absolutely loved those parts. I love the story so much. Like, giving Doom Guy a story that's like believable, had the flashbacks were great. Like, I mean, at least believable in world, um, and just having, like, and it's still there's still some mystery to Doom Guy, um, but as far as like the the story of the world and how it's working and why it's here, I love it. I love yeah. every minute of it.
0: Yeah, agree. I think it's great. I'm uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna pick up the DLCs, and I'm excited to see what they continue to do with that. Which is, as we said in the other episodes, we've talked about it. Shocking, because after Doom 3, I was like, well, well that's a dead franchise.
1: Yeah, but, uh, oh yeah, and not, and now no, not.
0: No, not at all, not at all. So, uh, you said that, you know, obviously you played first-person shooter. I mean, you within a week, you were you got through Doom Eternal, so yeah. despite, quote-unquote, not being that into it, you <laughs> were. Um, I was into it
1: enough to jump it down to easy, and I was not into it enough to, like, hardcore it and be mastery time
0: sure sure so. um but anyway you had said that you kind of wanted had a kind of a sandbox itch so what have you been doing to scratch that
1: yeah so i won't spend too long on this because i'm actually not terribly far into it but i have picked up a sandbox mmo
0: hey. Ah! Hey.
1: um
0: i you picked up an mmo first this time yeah,
1: <laughs> oh i did i win yeah yeah um i'm sure we'll get to your wow mention shortly but (laughs) your words not mine go on go on um i picked up dual universe Mm. um so independent game it's been in development for like six years and they had kind of an exclusive alpha period uh i think they were a kickstarter fund maybe Mm -hmm. and now they are in open beta uh so 20 bucks got me a three month sub it is a monthly subscription it's not on steam or epic or anything like that you have to do it through their website uh but they're fun they're secured through like exala so i already had an account there um but it's a sandbox mmo and i would say single server i would say it's equal parts uh eve um space engineers and crap not event horizon but it starts with an E. Hmm. Uh not No Man's Sky. It kind of feels No Man's Sky to a to a little bit. I, I don't like that comparison, mostly because I don't like No Man's Sky. Um,
0: yeah, well, I think, and at least from my understanding, which I've not played it, but I've looked at stuff on it, and and I think the No Man's Sky thing, at least maybe the biggest hook is our comparison between the two is that there's no loading screen between going from. So Your yeah. planet to space, right? Like it's yeah, all yeah. So there's none like... of
1: that in in Dual Universe. There isn't animals on planets yet. Right. Though. So yeah, it's all player contact. Well, and um, it's
0: not designed. It's not intended that you're going to explore billions of planets or whatever. No.
1: Like, yeah. There's like like nine or twelve games, or sorry, not games, like planets. Um, and then the, each of them have a couple few moons. So,
0: right, right. So, are so in this game, you are. A la Space Engineers, like mining your own resources?
1: hmm So okay. it's got some pretty extensive tutorials. There's about, uh, I think, and they're not even, that's not even on everything. Tutorials do not cover everything in the game, but it covers a lot of the basics. And I think that that is about two to three hours worth of tutorials. So you don't have to do them all at once. Um, and if you know what you're doing, you could skip it. But... It's actually, it gives you like skill points and money for completing them. So it's pretty good to do them even if you think you know what you're doing. Um, and there's a lot to learn outside of them. But it, uh, you're mining your own resources. And actually, I think it's a good place to start. You mine your own resources. You build everything in the game as player made down to the components to make those things. So you have to make your screws and metal plates and everything. And Space Engineers is like maybe 10% of the amount of crafting that you can do or compared to. So like I, what I mean is there's probably a hundred times more crafting in a uh, dual
0: universe than there is in space engineers. When you say more crafting, do you mean like items to craft items to
1: craft machines to craft with ways to break things down? Um, factories. Like if you want a factory that can make one of everything, it is a massive factory. Like, it may take up, like, almost a kilometer of space. Like, it is huge how big this factor And it'll be multiple floors. Like, it is the number of items that you can craft and how you go about crafting them is just ridiculous. Um, and every day, down to every block in the game, there's also tons. It's not just like, oh, if I get iron blocks, they look like this. You can craft, if you just have iron to make iron blocks, there's probably 20 different iron blocks that you can make of colors and patterns and styles and whatever. So there's just literally thousands of textures of blocks and real, real ish physics. So they all have different densities, even. So just because you, you, so when you have a container, it has like a thousand liters of space. Well, that's like the, like the space that it takes up. But if you put lead in there, it's going to weigh much more than if you put hydrogen in there for the same thousand liters, because the, the leads way dense and that weight has an effect on your spacecraft and it can lean it to one side or you may not be able to take off or whatever. So just because you can stuff a thousand of one thing in there doesn't mean you can stuff a thousand of another. So it's it's pretty intense in, in as far as the like the physics and kind of building stuff portion.
0: Um Well, so I was going to ask as far as like ships or you're constructing your own ship, but it sounds like you're doing that also like on a block by block basis, Mm -hmm. not not like I want to build a fighter and here's the fighter button or something.
1: I mean, you can buy blueprints from other players because everything is player economy. Um, so you can, uh, if another player made a spaceship and you want that spaceship, you can buy it and then just buy all the parts from from the market and then have that spaceship. You don't have to do, you do not have to build everything yourself.
0: It, well, um, you would, there's not a, the game doesn't provide a blueprint though. Like no,
1: it gives you like a starter speeder. Okay. There's like two different starter speeders you can pick from. And outside of that, pretty much everything is player made.
0: And so are you spending as a player, the majority of your time, on a planet or on in your ship in space? Like, what are you like, how, how do you spend your time as the player generally?
1: That depends on what kind of player you want to be. Um, it is very, it is very much so like Eve, they, they pretty much have the same skill system as Eve. Uh, so your skills train in real time and, uh, there's the market is so large. And so like, even the market is not, A global or it's not a game-wide market each planet can have a dozen or so different marketplaces on them and to sell an item at the marketplace you have to deliver it there and to buy an item from that marketplace you could pick it up there now you can access the marketplace from just a menu at any time Mm -hmm. but if you buy something it'll be at that marketplace so you have to go get it
0: yep that Um, is how eve works too
1: and so if you just want to play the markets you can do that um there's a safe zone, like the first three planets or so, and their moons are in a safe zone. And the planet surfaces of like all the planets are pretty much a safe zone. But outside of that, in space, it's full loot PvP.
0: So that means then that like your factory that you build on a planet is not really at risk from a player coming and no, destroying no, it. It's not. Hmm.
1: Your your factory isn't, but your if you want to move that stuff somewhere, it is. um there will probably be in the future so the planets that are in game now i don't think are the number of planets that are going to be there forever i do have some questions as to the longevity of ore mining because the planets are pretty big but eventually all of the ore it's it doesn't go down infinitely or if it does if you can drill through a planet the ore just stops after a certain point so especially with the amount of expendable things like ammo uh, or just repairing ships costs, you know, different ores and stuff. I feel like eventually the universe runs out of ore.
0: <laughs> I mean, the way EVE does it is, because um, in EVE, you know, you're spending, you you don't land on planets, so instead you mm-hmm. mine ore from asteroids. And basically every day at a certain time, I think it's like 5 a.m. if you're in the U.S. or roughly, um, the server restarts. Yeah. And it repopulates the asteroids, Asteroids, right so maybe something like that where
1: there's ground rocks that repop almost infinitely and they'll repop while you're mining them but it is tedious to mine them and you don't get a lot for them and it's only the basic stuff so every planet you can basically get the basics to get off that planet eventually but it's not a quick process to do um unless you're just repairing a ship but i i do want to so i've spent the most time mining ore and building my basic industries up to just kind of enjoy that portion of the game because i was kind of terrified of space flight and i didn't want to spend all my money super early um but the ore mining is actually kind of interesting so you get like a scanner and it starts off with just no other skills or anything with like 200 meters of range that it'll scan Mm. for ores and you can adjust what ores it scans for or whatever. But the basic concept is, is you walk around with the scanner up and it just scans as you're walking. And as soon as it finds something, it puts a blip on the graph. And then it'll tell you the, how far you are away from it in meters. So once you have a blip, it's a good idea to like mark the ground with like, you can put down some voxels on the ground or something, just plop a, a sphere of whatever down. And then start move pick a direction and start moving in that direction so start going north and maybe run and see it'll show you all it's basically a hot or cold game and it has a graph it builds instead of that one dot it builds a graph so if i start and i find something and i move north and it goes off the graph then i go back to my start zone and i move south and maybe it shows a very slow trend down or maybe even a trend even it's out at 200 meters So I know that south is not getting me any closer or may barely be getting me closer. So I'll move east and west. And if one of those moves a sharp line down where suddenly I'm 100 meters away and I've only walked 20 meters, I know I've gotten way closer to that deposit and it's not very far underground. Mm -hmm. So then you have to do this until it flatlines. And that probably means it's either above you or below you. So if you're on the surface, you got to start digging down. And then maybe you dig down 50 or 100 meters and it starts kind of tapering off, flatten out the ground, and once again do a north, south, east, west kind of check. And so you're playing this hot or cold game. And eventually you when you get within like, there's a short range scanner, which is the same thing, but for like 50 meters max range. And once you're within that area, once you're within like 30 meters or so, you have a hand tool that will make like radio static when you swipe over the direction that it is so to really narrow in the exact direction that it is you can only do that from like 35 40 meters out which is still pretty far because i have i've definitely circled a piece of ore trying to figure out where it was (laughs) but the hand scanner will like really narrow you in and then when you go to it you're there and mining it is not like you can mine huge chunks of it at once. Like you can mine massive veins all in one click.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: It won't mine the whole thing, but you're, you're mining. It's not like mining a basketball size of stuff. Right. You can just click and hold and it'll expand your thing out to be like the size of a small house. And then you let go and it just takes that whole thing in.
0: So it kind of, it removes the tediousness. Like I'll just compare it to Minecraft, the easiest one, but in Minecraft, I mean, the reason I don't play Minecraft, honestly, is because I cannot spend another moment digging dirt in a grid looking for diamonds. Like, right. I, just, I can't, because there's not a way to know where they are. So mm-hmm. you just, have to just guess infinitely. And that gets real tedious real fast. Yes. Um. So it sounds like they've built in a mechanic to kind of circumvent that that also acts as its own game of sorts.
1: Yeah, it's its own mini because especially once you're underground and you don't have that freedom of movement, say so you get that first ore, well, now there's more rare ores that are even deeper. And so now you've got to figure out like what you're going to focus on, what you want to go after. And the only thing that I don't like about it is that unlike Minecraft, especially at least in my area, is all snow, and it's all the same snow, so it's all white. And you don't have anything that's easily placeable other than terrain to mark your location. So like... If I want to know, especially once I've got, maybe I've got this one ore, now I've got several ways to go back up, and I know that there was some other ore that I started to see further back up, I need to make sure to close off the tunnel that I was just in to know not to go back in there anymore. Mm -hmm. Because you can't, like, in Minecraft, I'd put torches on the left, means I'm going towards something. Which means if I turn around, so long as I keep torches on my right, my base is in sight. That's my monarch, that's how I do it. And in this game, there's nothing like that that you can just plop plop on a wall constantly. You can plop structures into the game, but you can only have so many of them, like four Mm. or five to begin with. And they're expensive uh, to put like a marker down for them. You can pick them back up, but still, you can't put a hundred of them down to mark your location. Mm -hmm. So it it would probably be helpful if I mined a different color of dirt. So that I could occasionally like use that to keep my location like mm. marked with, um, but even still, it's not like a quick button, like just a T for torch button or whatever. Mm. Uh, it takes some time to do that. But yeah, once you're underground, it's not you aren't making a grid, uh, but it can still take you a while because the hot or cold game is it doesn't tell you if it's above you or below you or what direction. It just says you're closer or you're further away so it can be a little bit weird but it's definitely at least more reliable you know if you're getting
0: yeah well it's actually engaging because you're actually like trying to read the meter and figure out and like you're thinking where is the
1: graph moving are you just barely getting closer to it so you're not really maybe you shouldn't be digging straight maybe you should be digging down in that in that direction or if you dig down in that direction are you moving away from it really slowly because you were actually just to the left of you or whatever. So it, it, it's still not like a perfect enough system that it makes it unnecessary to like have to just drill straight towards something. Uh, it is still engaging. It is still kind of interesting to do. Um, But it's also not like so far off that it's a useless thing. I think it's a good mix. I think the hot or cold game is fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool um so have you engaged in any pvp at all yet
1: no so okay. i have not left so the the planets that i have been to one other moon and one other planet i definitely so i landed on the other moon my first my first flight into space and first landing on another moon and even returned back to base all successful no problems did it just fine uh but that moon was maybe about four minutes away from where I was and I flew pretty slow just to make sure I didn't bork anything. But the planet that was in the safe zone that I went to uh, was about maybe a five or ten minute flight, all told, and I definitely did not slow down enough before I hit the atmosphere and the gravity well and then got pulled into the planet and did not have just not comfortable flying enough to like have no when to like tilt around how to hit the atmosphere whatever right definitely bounced off the the surface of the planet moving pretty fast and uh had to repair a good maybe quarter of my ship or so um (laughs) which meant i had to because i left it empty to get there so I had to mine a bunch of surface rocks, and you have a like a pack crafting thing, so you could pack, you know, craft basic things in your pack.
0: Mm-hmm. So you craft
1: materials up to then repair my ship. Then I went and mined around the area that I was at and got the resource I needed and came back. Right. Um, but that planet's like seven SU away, and I was probably making about one SU a minute. Um, the guild that I joined, uh, their planet is. 400 su away or 900 su away. i roughly calculated it would take me at comfortable speed about five hours of live flight to get there uh at full tilt boogie i might be able to make it in at about almost two so the distances can be very vast and everything outside of the like five minutes flight time is pvp now i've read there's not a huge amount of it I've read that some people are very successful at camping trade routes. Um, So
0: I don't know. I mean, is there, is, is it intended that you're using a warp mechanic because there is warp drives.
1: There are warp drives. Five hours. Yeah, no, there are warp drives, um, but they are very expensive to make very difficult to get to. And their fuel is very expensive to make. And very like, so my guild even said like, we're not going to warp jump you back to your home base. Like, if you come out here, you're on your own. Or if you do want warps, I, I don't know how far one warp cell takes you. One warp sells like 15,000 credits. Um, and for comparison, like, one unit of ore, like Tier 1 ore, probably sells for like 7 credits. Uh, or at least one unit of atmospheric fuel, I know, sells for 7 credits. Um, so right. 15,000 credits versus 7 credits... like they're like you could pay your way back if you want but like we're not just gonna fly you back and forth right um so i don't know how much it costs i maybe it costs like four warp cells to get home so maybe sixty thousand credits but that's that's still a pretty good chunk of change um and i'm not gonna be making that really quickly
0: so right right yeah it just seems like there has to be some intended way for you to travel more quickly because again the vast majority of players are not going to spend five hours just. watching. Well, no.
1: A lot of times you're not going to you're not going to fly that distance in five hours though. The planets are all kind of stair stepped or staggered, so you're going to be flying different routes between them for trade markets and things like that. Mm. And then, I think the other thing about them not really wanting to use warp cells too much is because then it nullifies PvP, at least from if you're going to the safe zone to sell. Right. So it's more lucrative to sell on the PvP planets. And the distribution of, of different, especially the higher tier ores, is such that no planet has everything. Um, so to, to make certain parts, you're going to need to visit certain planets. And that, I think, is where some of the future engagement is going to come down to.
0: Mm. Awesome. Well, that's exciting that you're playing an MMO and a, a sandbox MMO. Um, so, so far, you're... So you're far, I, I
1: like it. It is very resource heavy. Uh, on my suit so even my new happy fun awesome pc is right. fairly taxed depending on where i am uh, especially in the starting areas but you can turn the graphics down pretty far and turn off shaders and stuff it looks terrible especially on my giant monitor now i'm like Oof, right. that's a lot of unsaturated that's a lot of saturated color like turning off shadows is dangerous <laughs> um but i kind of had to for a little bit uh once you get out of the very initial starters your own uh you're pretty good definitely like read a little bit about the game if you if you want to play something that space engineers and mmo and dual universe sounds interesting to you uh do a little bit of research because there are some beginner tricks that you don't want to fly you, you get like a free territory so you can claim territory on a planet and you get one for free for the the starter moon um you want to build it as close to a market as you can because you don't want to fly for half an hour uh just around a planet to get to your first market to make your first credits
0: so right. right
1: um but yeah do a do a little bit of looking at it uh at least pick up a couple of top beginners and trick tips and tricks videos to, to you know watch 15 20 minutes of that before you really dig in and play and do the tutorials you don't have to do all of them at first but eventually do them before you try to do too much because one you get talent points for skills and credits. You can get a, a good chunk of starting money from it. But yeah, I, I like it so far. I have not done too much of the building yet. It looks like the building can get pretty intense. There's, It's not just square voxels. You can smooth them. Um, so you can make very smooth shapes. And you can make thin lines and stuff like that. But some of it requires kind of what they one of the users has dubbed voxelmancy, um, which requires a little bit more effort than should be required to do some of the things that you can do, um, but you can do them. So I'm looking at possibly getting into some of that later. Uh, You can get very small voxels. You can get a voxel down basically the size of a pixel. Um, So you can draw very fine lines and stuff with that. and you can, of course, make very giant things. the The building is a lot smoother too. You can lay down slabs and walls and things like that very quickly and easily. Uh, so I see a lot of future usability in it. Um, I. It's a, it's a hard line for me right now between just trying to mass up massive amounts of ore and not wanting to spend it frivolously on blocks.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And like, well, like if I sell just the, the raw ores or refine these materials, I can make big giant space engines and, you know, have an actual cargo hauler. And I'm looking at, so, that, so to round out and finish this, the two things that I'm going for, um, one, I'm actually kind of looking at playing the economy Um, Because it looks like you can be fairly lucrative even in just your starter area by finding items that other people aren't making a lot of or are selling very cheaply um, that you can then buy up large amounts of and take just a few like 10 minutes over and sell them for quadruple the cost. Um, It looks like there's a lot of that if you spend the time because there's just so many items you can find something that somebody needs that somebody Mm -hmm. else is selling cheap. Um, So that kind of seems fun. And uh, I'm also specializing my talents into repair. Uh, And I'm thinking about offering like a AAA service where if you crash a big giant freighter into the ground and you need materials to repair it, well, I can repair things really fast with high-grade materials and I can craft those things really fast and get more of them because a lot of the skills allow you to get more of an item when you refine it or whatever Mm -hmm. the skill depth in the game is huge to the point where like you can't even just be a like you can but you can't be like i am the guy that builds all the ships because somebody that's specialized into radars may give that radar a hundred percent additional scanning range and a hundred additional additional percent hit points when they put it down Mm. so you'll but maybe you build the ship to give it most of the things extra hit points because you have you know voxel hp but then you'll have this guy in your clan come over and take off your radar and put it back on Mm. or take off your engines and put them back on so everything from getting more of an item when you when you're the person to start the factory to having a factory work better when you're the person that puts down the factory. So you may have one person build it and put it down and somebody else put the recipe in it and start it because all of those talents are all affected differently. I don't know. There's probably a thousand different skills. It's it's ridiculous. That's awesome. But yeah, I want to do a AAA service or at least be able to make scrap very cheaply so that when I sell it, I can get more profit.
0: So. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's cool when games... Um, build in synergies like that for people to have dependency on one another. So that, I mean, on the one hand, yeah, it'd be cool if you could be the guy that makes all the ships, but, and certainly if you're just going to be playing alone, then that's <laughs> more And ideal. it's totally
1: doable. It is it is totally doable to solo the game. Don't feel like you, everyone says you kind of have to be in a corporation and I'm not going to say that you don't need to be in a corporation, but if you go solo, it is a grind. Uh, you will set up a crafting queue of eight hours and then you're just you're done because if you don't have enough storage space you have to use your pack to craft those things which means you have to stay within range of your storage unit so you're not going to leave the planet and go mine somewhere else until you get set up enough then as you get automation more and more automation in you can be more and more solo but that ramp up time is not an order of days it's an order of maybe a week or two
0: yeah. And I mean, obviously I haven't played this game, so I am not speaking from any sort of experience or expertise with this specific game, but generally my experience with sandbox MMOs is like, is it literally possible to play by yourself? Like, yeah, but unless you just plan on playing in the starter area where it's safe, it's actually just not because you are going to encounter groups of people who yeah. are just going to roll you. And yeah, maybe you have all this stuff amassed, but if it took you three months to amass it and someone wipes it and takes it from you. Right. And you don't have a backup ship
1: and you spawn back on your planet and your ship is crashed three planets over an hour's worth of flight time from where you are. If you don't have a backup ship built and ready to go get that. And if that one crashes, right. like you're just, whereas in a, in a guild, you could be like, Hey, crash my ship. One of you, one of the other people could be like, cool, hop in the passenger seat of this one. Like a gunner seat, a single gunner, because so that's kind of a cool thing, too, that encourages the PVP is for bigger ships. A gunner seat can only have so many guns cooked to it. And so you need multiple gunner seats in a large vessel so that multiple people are operating different weapons while one person is piloting it.
0: Yeah, that's Um, cool.
1: But each that's gunner seat can take 36 to 96 hours to craft for one chair. So you need a giant factory that's crafting more than one seat at a time to outfit something like that, which you're going to get a lot faster or more available in a guild, even a small guild, than you are in uh, single you know, solo mode.
0: Yeah, I mean, ultimately the games all come down to uh, a, a war of attrition, and yeah. you just can't compete if you're, if you're alone uh, right. with, a, with a group. But I think I think you can be in
1: multiple guilds at the same time. That's cool. So, but if, the, if they're at war with each other, you could cause problems for yourself.
0: So, Right, right. I
1: think. I'm not 100% on that, but it seemed like, because it seemed like there were a couple of guilds that were just about like exploration and mapping. And they, they were like, you're open to join other guilds while in this one. So I thought I read something about that. I haven't tested it to, to see too much. So I don't know.
0: Guild Wars 2 has that mechanic where you can be in multiple guilds and you, you choose one that's like, the one you represent or something, but you have access to the others. So, right. Um, so that's cool. Well, anything else that you've been playing on the new on the new rig?
1: Not yet. Uh, I have a couple things queued up, but I think I'll just save those for later. Dual Universe. So I've, I beat Doom, and Dual Universe is taking up a lot of my time. Nice. Um, that and honestly, just kind of watching videos in HD. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, just enjoying the screen real estate, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah because we have a
1: we have a halfway decent tv but it's pretty old and it's not like a it's not hd it's well it's 720p it's old it's old hd right (laughs) yeah
0: hd before hdmi
1: yeah Um, and and definitely before 4k so 4k videos is is pretty
0: right Right. Yeah. Well, something that I had actually read um, maybe just today. It might have been yesterday. I don't know. But we'll just say recently because it's not yeah. like the episode comes out. We're
1: not, yeah. We're not coming out this week. So,
0: <laughs> well, even even if we were, it's not today. So, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, recently I read um, No Man's Sky actually doing another enormous update mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. where they're actually adding weather patterns to the yep. planets which there's already weather effects on in no man's but sky like too. tornadoes and extreme well, weather and, and beyond that beyond the extremeness of it it's also like right now in no man's sky if you're on a planet and acid rain comes right. the acid rain is everywhere at once mm-hmm. and they're actually introducing it to where it'll actually be patterns that like shift and move around the planet oh, wow. so yep. you could run away from the rainy part and and get out, you know, away from it or whatever. Um, And then uh, probably six months ago, I I might be wrong on the time, but sometime earlier this year, they came out with an update that introduced like the ability to have like organic ships where Mm -hmm. you, you you, like grow them. And so they look, you know, all alieny or whatever. (laughs) Right. I just, I don't like, I'm, I, as much as I will continue to rail against the UI, which I'll probably try it again at some point to see because I don't, I don't like read all their patch notes. So maybe right. they updated it. Probably not, but maybe. Um, as much as I did hate the UI of that game, um, it, it, I'm really impressed with their commitment to it. Like, for as big of a disappointment as it was when it came out, mm-hmm. they have continued to drop. For free, not as DLCs, Yeah, not as paid expansion, nothing. For free, significant content updates. They're actually adding in a ton of new planets with this new update as well. They
1: have to because they didn't want to wipe old Blair's planets or, right. or progress or anything, but they wanted to include the new content out there. Yep. I, I mean, I read it and... Man, I'm, I have such a hard time with this because they are offering this content for free. They have been pushing development on it. It has been big content updates, but there's another part of me that's like, they finally put in the sandworms that they guaranteed would be there on launch four years later. Yeah. On the one hand, kudos for them for finally getting them there. I think it's just my saltiness and spite for their launch hype still outweighs my want to play that game.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so interesting to see how hyped that game got. Like I mean, I had friends that that not only are not like avid gamers, but like I have two friends that are scientists in real life, <laughs> but their time is spent doing school. Like they don't play game. Like this right. the, the one girl I'm thinking of in fact this year in 2020 she started playing Diablo three on a PlayStation three and was just mind blown because she's never played. I mean, the last RPG she played was dragon quest on the NES. Right. But to her, it's just like Diablo three is just like, wow. Holy cow. Right. Like this is endless. It's an infinite game for her. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but so my point just being that that's her context of, as a gamer, right. like very, very, you know, far away from it. And, and, and she, I remember when No Man's Sky was coming out because it was getting press in non-gaming media. Yes, it was getting and, everywhere. And I remember going to breakfast with her and and, and her husband one time and uh, and and they were like, so do you know anything about this No Man's Sky game? Can you tell us about it? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I guess. And But the point just being that like, it's hype extended beyond, I mean, like Spore is another classic example right. of like yeah. way too much hype and not enough delivery. But it wasn't really popular outside of gaming circles. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I guess like, not. Not in the way that No Man's not in the, Sky Not in the way
1: – yeah, definitely not in the way. I don't think I mean, anything else has been. But...
0: Part of that is because gaming wasn't as prevalent as it right. is when No Man's Sky comes out. Um, but yeah, it. I mean, I, I – and I don't say this as like a – it's not a told you so because I've been burned infinite times on game launches. For me, it's MMOs that that right. I want to be cool that suck. But like with No Man's Sky, I didn't really get hyped about it because I thought the tech that they were talking about sounded really cool with the procedurally generated planets and creatures and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was always like, but I don't know what you do. And they never right. did find that. And that was no. kind of the problem of the game. With- well,
1: it was for me, like <laughs> the story was there and there was a point like get to the center of the universe kind of thing. Yeah. Or galaxy or whatever. But for me, the frustration was like, Man, if you say this is actual in-game footage, it better freaking be actual in-game footage.
0: Right. Like, right.
1: yeah. oh, do not show me stuff that is not actually in the game. And yeah. so much of it wasn't. Like, it wasn't just a little bit. It wasn't just one thing that, like, oh, we cut that at the very end because right. it, it didn't work out. Like, it was so much of the game wasn't in the game. <laughs> and that yeah. was...
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't and to be clear, I don't mean that it was unjustified people's backlash to it. Um I it, it would be it, I think
1: it'd be different if I had never played it and were just playing it today for the first time, I think it'd be pretty all right game.
0: Yeah, I would I would well and that was kind of my experience with it, because I didn't come into it until summer of twenty eighteen probably. So it was out for a couple of years. Um for me it was really just the UI that I could not get yeah. past. And when I went to play it most recently, I also, and this is, I mean, this is the reason that I, because I looked long and hard at Dual Universe, because I was like, man, Brett's actually playing an MMO. I maybe I should try it because I could play an MMO with Brett, which is never on the table. But it's like, man, I just, I, I just am still, and I blame Ark more than any other game, more than Minecraft, even. Like, I am just so burned out on mining resources. Like, as soon as I start clicking something to mine resources, it just drains my soul.
1: you don't have to, so like, and in fact, in the guild that I'm in, they actually recommend, unless we do a big mining op, where everybody goes mining, uh, they say, please don't mine. Yeah. Because, so you can you can also build, like, big radar dishes that you could put on a ship that'll scan an entire hex, and a mm-hmm. hex is a pretty big area, and it'll tell you what ores are in that hex. It won't tell you where or how deep or anything. There's charts that you can find the depth of, but... It just so that way, if you're looking for a specific rare resource, you could kind of hop, and it takes 15 minutes for each hex. But because ever outside of the starter area, if you the the real tiny starter area, if you claim some, or you don't have to claim it to mine it, mm. um, so you could just mine unclaimed territory. And if you, but if you claim it, nobody else can mine that area. I see. So the the idea is to scan a bunch of hexes, and then if you find a super vein of like a million units of something that spans two or three hexes, multiple people all come in and claim those hexes for the clan so that nobody else can mine that spot and you're rich. Um, but then even when they do that, the guy that has the tier five mining that gets 20% bonus resources, send him there
0: Right. and
1: everybody else. Like, so if you wanted to join and you just wanted to play Factorio, like I, I would say that, it's kind of along the lines of like satisfactory of, or infinifactory, which one's the one. Satisfactory. Infinite, okay. Yeah. Infinifactory is the smaller puzzle game. It's like a puzzle
0: it. game. Really? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's a lot more like satisfactory with the industry. Uh, and, and like, so you could have a character that just did figuring out how, what do we need to make next? What should we focus on? Like right. my end goal is I need a ship that has these engines and these parts, what industry stuff do we need to get there do we like i want a bunch of carbon fiber because i want again to kind of resume my nod-esque style building Mm. so i need carbon fiber everything so i need a chemical industry we got to focus on plastics and and we need lots of carbon so you know i would go out and mine the carbon and I would need somebody to set up the industry and be crafting the pieces. Like, okay, my ship is going to need a bigger cargo bay. I'm going to need more engines, and that would actually free me up. Because like right now, I have to stay on my planet at least for certain things if I want to craft them quickly. Mm. Um, it's either that, or I leave my planet and I'm at half crafting speed because I just don't have the container access.
0: Right. So they,
1: there's yeah. there's room for that type of stuff.
0: Right. Um, right. So It's yeah. still still out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, my point was just in No Man's Sky when I jumped out of the the ship or whatever and shoot a red crystal on the oh, ground yeah. with my laser gun. No. I'm like, I just I just don't care. <laughs> I'm over it. Uh, but I but I, I feel like No Man's Sky uh, backlash aside, especially if you know, if you if you didn't buy it then and, and weren't in, in that like. I feel like there's a lot of really cool stuff that they're doing with that game.
1: I think there is. And there's, I, like, giant I, mech robots now, too. Like, yeah,
0: and I feel like I'm... Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I want to like it more than I do when I play it, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. I'm, no, I'm in the
1: same boat. Like, I, I'm kind of like, yeah, I want a big mech robot, but, like, even the combat right. in that game is kind of lackluster, so what am I going to do with it? Like,
0: right, right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, would, I would agree with that.
1: I would also say that, like, unlike unlike no man's sky flying in dual universe is very much so you can hit the ground at high speed you can get your ship turned over and like you can there's a tool to like flip it right side back up and the smaller ships don't take a lot of i i crashed pretty hard and it just reds the items out it doesn't like delete them Mm. so you don't have to replace that voxel or anything you just have to repair it um so larger ships apparently can be very expensive and costly to crash and lightly bouncing off the ground is a lot worse but (laughs) smaller ships uh can get away with a lot more so you learn how to fly and you're not going to be flying a medium-sized core ship anytime soon um so you've got you get time to learn but flying is actually really kind of fun and cool and and just flying around looking at other people's bases. Cause you don't have to worry about them, like shooting your ship up. Right. You just fly around and you see something cool, like swoop down, fly in, check it out. So
0: nice. Well, one other thing I wanted to bring up. Um, yeah, I've talked see. forever. No, no, you're fine. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant, um, anyway, yeah. The, the next thing I was going to bring up is just, uh, kind of, kind of related to a conversation we had a few weeks ago on the show about, um, monetization in games we were talking mm-hmm. about the the changing prices of games and this isn't directly related to that um but but anyway so real recently here um microsoft acquired bethesda and which of course is the company that makes elder scrolls and skyrim and fallout um and doom and doom right of course which how, how could i have not said that first um <laughs> and quake <laughs> yeah anyway um and so, yeah, I just I wanted to see kind of what your what your what your reaction to that is. I know that certainly EA is a is a, a track record we've talked about a lot, but where right. you know that's a big company that buys up these small developers, not even small. I mean, Bioware wasn't like some no name studio when they bought no. it, or yeah. Westwood back in the or in the day, and and maybe not right away. Like, I I don't think Bioware suffered instantly from being acquired right. by EA, but pretty quickly. Bioware was no longer making the the game of the year. You know what I mean? Um, And with Microsoft, it doesn't quite have that same track record. I mean, Minecraft didn't suffer. In fact, I would say Minecraft improved.
1: Yeah, I would say Minecraft improved. At least updates were coming out slightly faster, like a couple of updates a year as opposed to one every two to three years. Well, and and they
0: they did stuff like Minecraft Dungeons, right, where they're expanding the IP into different places. Um without sacrificing
1: the original. The original is still getting the same content update schedule, which is kind of important.
0: Right, right. Um
1: ah, I'm I'm kind of torn. I'm uncertain. Because Microsoft goes in cycles where like on the one hand, some of their more functional stuff, like they ate and then destroyed Skype. Um and like Skype was really good until it was acquired by Microsoft, and within like a year and a half, it was garbage. Um, so th- it, now with games, it is a lot different, and their gaming cycle even has gone back and forth. So with, I think with the opening up of Xbox and joining it to Windows 10 has opened a lot of things. Um, you know, uh, Sea of Thieves is doing pretty well and has been pretty well supported.
0: So real quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I was, I was going to say that's another developer that a long time ago was acquired by Microsoft. That's rare. That's who. Yeah, that's right. It. That's right. So, I mean, that's another example where it's, I mean, that's been around for 25 years or something mm-hmm. rare. So, you know, anyway, go on.
1: I mean, but see if these on launch was a little iffy. Uh, I think it was a little rushed for.
0: Yeah, I think, but I, but I mean, it's also creating a new genre. all right, Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't think I would have liked it at launch. Uh, because there was even less to do. And even now I I mean I as much as I've talked about it on the show, it's not like I play twenty hours a week of CFDs, right. you know. Right. But, but I
1: know people that have and do.
0: Yeah. So well, honestly it's a it's a social thing. If I knew yeah. people that wanted to play all the time, I would probably be more inclined to. Right. The people I play with, hey, here's the WoW mention are hardcore WoW raiders who are raiding four nights a week now or something crazy. So uh, yeah, it's it's hit and miss when I when I have the chance to play with them.
1: I would say that I'm less concerned like if cuz so dang it and I've already forgot. What what's the company that did Fallout Vegas? Obsidian. Obsidian. So Microsoft already owned Obsidian. Yes. And so now that they have bought uh Bethesda, there's a chance that the Fallout series could finally be made by the people that made it right.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, in Obsidian, I mean, they made Outer Worlds, uh, yeah. which was very well received last year. Um so I, I don't know. I am I think I'm in the same place you are. And I think that's probably the, not to toot our own horn, horns, but the the smartest place to be is is uncertain because yeah. obviously we can't predict the future and, and there's, it could go a couple of ways. They could be unchanged and everything's great or it could suck somehow. Yeah. But I also, you know, I look at actually kind of an opposite example as opposed to an acquisition where they actually let someone go and that's Bungie. Yeah. I'm really impressed that Microsoft let Bungie walk away mm-hmm. and stay Bungie, right? Like like when the Modern Warfare guys wanted to leave, they didn't get to take the studio Infinity Ward from Activision and leave. Right, They had to go create Respawn Entertainment, which is a whole new thing. Um, the fact that, that Microsoft was like, well, we're going to keep the Halo IP but you can be on your own if you want yeah i'm impressed by that yeah um so i think that bodes well for the future of all of this also i do
1: and i think that anything that's currently in the pipeline is probably safe i think the doom of course the doom eternal expansions are probably all safe they're too close to the acquisition to really be affected Mm -hmm. terribly much uh unless the next one gets delayed for some reason because they wiped out the team and replaced it all but i doubt that that's not usually how these things go at least not early on. Uh it's more like what happens to the next Skyrim, what happens to the next full installment of Doom, that's going to be where things get iffy. Yeah. Um so and but those are we're probably looking like I doubt we'll see anything significant until at least a year to two years out and probably not see the real ramifications of this acquisition for maybe 4 years.
0: Yeah yeah i mean my hope is that we see nothing my hope is that just yeah like nothing Minecraft, changes it's, yeah can't tell other than maybe you could argue it's better um
1: maybe I, it pushes it they had they ha, may have a few more cards to push playstation to be less exclusive if they allow a lot of these games to possibly continue being exclusive which they've said all the ones that are currently slated are still open for playstation right to, to be launched on But if PlayStation keeps pushing exclusivity and Microsoft has a bigger hand to play there, where Skyrim, the next Skyrim, the next Doom, the next, you know, all of these are all going to be Microsoft only. And they're still going to be PC, but only through the Windows Store and that could push a hand pretty hard
0: but the thing is though is that i i mean like i don't have a problem with exclusive content for consoles because if they don't have that why would anyone ever buy a console like yeah but that's the point let's
1: get rid of consoles
0: (laughs) but i mean like like really like nintendo switch doesn't sell if it doesn't have mario right like and frankly playstation i mean the reason i have a playstation 4 is because of the content that I can only mm-hmm. get on PlayStation Four. If it was all on PC, I would have never bought a PlayStation. Right. So, I mean, from the the company standpoint, I don't know how they're supposed to leverage a person buying their hardware if they don't have exclusive software on it. That's compelling. I think
1: that I think that it's fine to be a like consoles. I'm not against the existence of consoles. I think it's probably, for many ways, a better purchase than a PC. Um, it's definitely a more budget purchase, mm-hmm. and as compared, my PC compared to a console is like a I spent a lot of money. So, um, but I feel like I don't know. I am okay if I was okay for a long time. Like if the console wars ended and it was Nintendo and one other, didn't care if it was Xbox or PlayStation, did not matter to me. Um, I would have been fine with it. But the fact that there's still Like, Nintendo is just their own thing, and I'm hard-pressed to even call them a console. It's just a Nintendo unit, because they're always different. Um, It's always its own thing. But I feel like PlayStation and Xbox are too much the same thing. They have almost identical specs. People get mad at me for that, whatever. They're not, but they are. And the content is basically the same, outside of, like, three games. I don't want to buy both just for those three. I don't want to spend $600 for Spider-Man because that's it. That's all I want. Yeah. And I could probably convince somebody to let me borrow their PlayStation for the, like, I'll buy your next, I'll give you 60 bucks if you let me borrow this thing for a month so I can
0: play <laughs> Spider-Man. Right. Because
1: once I'm done, I'm probably done. So. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I get it from the gamer perspective of not wanting to own all the consoles and it's a, it's, it's expensive to try and get into that. Um, I, I just get don't... it from
1: the company aspect, right. but it, it'll be interesting to see that Microsoft has a hand to play. And if they, if they hold back on that, what that might do and, and PlayStation's already opened up more to, to allowing PC or at least timed exclusives. I'm fine with timed exclusives i've been waiting years to play most games for my whole life so like
0: right i had to wait
1: see if doom was a timed exclusive i would have been okay with that too because here we are six months later i'm just now playing it so right right
0: yeah no that's fair that's fair uh yeah well well cool well like i said i just wanted to see what your thoughts on it were it's pretty big news in the industry and um i thought it was uh yeah worth bringing up anything else you wanted to, to talk about today
1: not now um i think i should have more stuff we'll see i'm just now getting into the actual kind of broader gameplay where i'm not as afraid to do things in dual universe so we'll see what happens as i broaden that horizon more i think my current skill training plan is like 20 days um i have a three-month sub right now i don't we'll see what happens if i pick up another three month sub or not um don't know but uh yeah i'm having fun that i got a couple other games on slate but I don't know when I'll get to them. So we'll oh, just you. leave those in the background for now.
0: <laughs> cool, man.
1: So that's all for our episode today. Please join the discussion by tweeting your thoughts to us at puys If you like this episode, please rate, star, thumbs up, and review us wherever you're listening. And do tell a friend about us because that's what makes a difference. All the links are available in the show notes. And if you want to hear more of Walker's insights and enjoy his other long-form conversations with a variety of unique guests, check out his other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere, podcasts are found.